Hello and welcome. Hello. Hi, hi. Driven in by Slot. And forced in by Patrick Roberts. It's come in additional time. Sunderland surrounded on Sheffield Wednesday soil. But they don't fear anyone. And they now are dreaming of Wembley. Hello and welcome back to an absolutely buzzing What The Folk review show. We all said we could do it. I said we could do it. Brad said we could do it. Dave didn't, but he knew he wanted to say it. Um, but Sunderland, we're going to be there at Wembley on Saturday, May the 21st, after a 93rd minute goal from Patrick Bloody Roberts. And should we navigate it past the best player in League One, Barry Bannon and Sheffield Wednesday. I'm not sure how we sum it up, but we've made that commitment a long time ago that we said we'd try and sum up as many games as we can this season, and we certainly will try. But I can promise you, anyone listening, there's going to be zero negatives in this today. We always like to get one or two in, but I'm going to have none. So myself and my regular guests will bring you nothing but 30 to 35 minutes of absolute buzz. Uh, joining me, as ever, is Dave Lawrence. Dave, you good? Absolutely buzzing, mate. Nervous wreck for the whole 90, well, 102 minutes yesterday, but here we are. Don't give a shit how we got there. We're on our way. Exactly, mate. And of course, Brad Sharp, you join us as well. Brad, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. <laughs> can't really complain. Oh, I can go back to the normal and say fucking mint. It's kind of all you kind of need to say in a sense, isn't it, really? It was a great night, as we all know. Um, before we get too carried away, I'll say this right at the beginning. We've not achieved anything yet, but just for a couple of days, let's just revel in the fact that for once, we've got a bit of a reason to celebrate and something to look forward to. Dave, it's, I was going to say the morning after, it's slightly the afternoon. So this early afternoon after, how are you feeling about the result? Uh, yeah, absolutely buzzing. Head's a little bit sore because I might have had a few gin and tonics too many after, we, uh, after we'd won. But yeah, absolutely buzzing, mate. Uh, if, listen, yeah, that clever, that clever market employee that uh, that we touched on last week of till the end, you gotta give Alex Neil credit. Gotta get there. Uh, gotta give Alex Neil credit. We just don't know when we're beaten at the minute, and I'm I'm all for that. Fifteen games unbeaten. They always say that it's the form team that gets through the playoffs. Bring it on. Brad, exactly the same question to you. I think I know the answer, but that's it. We're at Wembley. Obviously, there's one big, big step to go because it means nothing if we don't do it at Wembley. But, A, we, we, we don't have a great deal to celebrate in a few months ago, which I'm sure we'll come on to. It didn't feel like there was going to be anything to celebrate. And, and essentially, we have, and it's a 93rd-minute winner. How are you feeling about it? Oh, absolutely over the moon, mate. Um, to be fair, when they scored... I know a lot of, I've seen a lot of people was like getting a bit nervous I wasn't the same feeling of Alex Neil was like I still think we have somebody here and when the goal went in oh unbelievable mate it's just 
I think it was different other years when we've, when we've got the women, like you say, it's the form team. We're in form. And yeah, it just feels like this should be the year. So I'm celebrating this one more than I celebrate like the Portsmouth semi-final. It, was just, it just feels like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going down there thinking, oh, it's Charlton or, or you don't know, you know, I'm just fucking buzzing, mate. And I'm sorry for swearing twice in the opening three and a half minutes, but fucking yes. Yes. I've edited them out recently, but this one I'm just going to leave in because I'm not bothered. So explicit content. I feel like Dr. Dre or something now, back when I was there in 2003. Or Blink-182, which was my first ever sweary, sweary CD. Um Dave, obviously, I've been listening back to a bunch of shows right throughout the season because essentially not giving the game away, but I'd like, if I can, to put together like a podcast of the story of the season, which is hopefully going to be a positive one come um, May 21st. <laughs> Early doors, I absolutely hammered Bailey Wright. Like, I'm, I don't know if I should just delete those podcasts in advance because uh, he, he wouldn't want to be saying good day to me. Do you know what I mean? Um but, you know, he's out of contract at the end of the season. Frankly, he's, he's proved me to look like an absolute mug, which I think people might have seen. I sort of co-tweeted myself on Twitter this morning. Um, if this is to be his final season at the club, and for the record, I hope it's not, um, the man's proven to be an absolute lion, a complete warrior. Last night, he was a giant of a man, and I know he's been good for a few months, but how good has he been in particular over these past two games? Absolutely immense, mate. I did see someone, I can't remember who it was, but someone tweeted last night about you could put a six-foot brick wall up and you still wouldn't get past it or something to that effect. Just absolutely immense. And I tell you what, again, I'm, I'm putting all the eggs in his basket, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, because I've actually got a level of confidence, exactly like Brad just said, going into this playoff final, which bearing in mind, Sunderland have never won one. Like so, why I've got any level of confidence, I'm not quite sure. But what's the difference between Bailey right now and Bailey right of anyone else of of any other period of time that he's been here? And the difference is Alex Neil is a man manager. He knows exactly what he's doing, who to say or what to say to who at the right time. You know, you look at someone like Patrick Roberts. You think to yourself, and I think again, just read it on Twitter. So he, he's not going to respond to someone in his face screaming, shouting, but you put your arm around him and say, listen, mate, you're far too good for this. He comes across like that. Bailey Wright obviously needed man manager in some way. The amount that we've had, and to be honest, out of the other, other managers we've had at this level, I think the, the other one who was probably half decent at man management, and God, the comments are going to be absolutely ridiculous when I say this, but... Jack Ross and Alex Neal is like three, four times more than Jack Ross, but Parky, but Johnson, they weren't man managers. And unfortunately, we knew that Bailey Wright has played at a higher level, can play at a higher level. And he's proven it because someone's instilled a bit of faith in the team. Someone's gone back to basics, held us to a standard. And here we are, absolutely buzzing. I think it's quite interesting that Bailey Wright... Um played under Lee Johnson, under two managers, and we've all seen that like um, LinkedIn comment about how he used Bailey Wright as one of his people in that kind of leadership group and stuff like that. And yet the best I've seen Bailey Wright play is football was actually under Parkinson and Alex Neal, if I'm completely honest. Um, but I just think, you know, even just his own 
abilities yesterday and, and the fact that he just headed everything. I, I just want to give him loads of credit. I think Alex Niels obviously had a lot to do with it. You can tell because that's where his form's really kicked on. But I just think for me, Bailey Wright just epitomised everything that was giving me confidence about something yesterday. Like Brad said, even when they scored, I was a little bit like, well, you've got to do it again, lads. You're going to have to do that again. And Bailey Wright's not going to, it's not going to wilt. And you know what, Brad? I know me and you have waxed lyrical about Bailey Wright the past few weeks, and I'm delighted. I love being wrong. It's great. Um, if I see a, a Sunderland player's crap and they turn out not to be, that's great. I'm fine with that. But I think everyone's so waxing lyrical about Bailey Wright. We've kind of forgot how good Danny Bart's been as well. Danny Bart was colossus last night, Brad, as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I think the two of them actually complement each other. Um, but mate, they just <clears throat> they have they're two centre halves that are playing in League One that, quite frankly, should not be, in my opinion. Um, at minimum champions, bottom end championship potential to maybe be a bit higher. Um, <laughs> we are lucky to have them at the back lately because in the dipping form of Callum Doyle, um, Flanagan gone. We're a little bit, oh God, we're, we're short at the back. But like, you, like Dave said, Alex Niels came in and he's just got the best out of the, the two best centre-halves at the club, in my opinion. And it goes to show as well, the amount of clean sheets that we've kept. And over the two legs, we've literally kept Chef Wed to, was, was there a goal, even a clear-cut chance? We've never They've never had a clear-cut opportunity. Um, they've resorted to them ones where they have to get round the back and we've dealt them pretty well. And like Alex Neal said, it was just a, a, a lapse in concentration, really, which wasn't even from them, though. It was from the full-back and uh, Roberts as well, wasn't it? Um, when they've got in behind. So, yeah, Danny Bart needs a, a lot of um, credit, too. And another one like we might as well talk about, if you're going to release podcasts about people slating people throughout the season, another one for me, um, Corey Evans. <laughs> Class, I, I just again. don't know where he's came from. Where where was he earlier this season? Because he's made me look a right mug. Um, but same as you, Graham. I am absolutely delighted to sit here and say, "Yeah, you've proved me wrong." But we weren't wrong at the time. But they've proven us wrong, and long may that continue. Oh, absolutely, and I think um, it's very cheesy, but sometimes like the the comeback's better than the setback, and it? it's the cheesiest line I've ever said in this podcast. Jesus. Um, but like when they come back from bad form and they kind of show what they're made of, that's kind of the for me that is kind of the making of a a Sunderland player. Um, so making of a player that makes it in the northeast of England, essentially. If I'm going to go even further, I won't say the word, but there's other teams in the northeast where, in a sense, if you come back and you show your metal a bit, I think we all appreciate, it, especially Sunderland fans. Um, I was quite interested, Dave, that he didn't go to a back three. We discussed it at length in the reaction show after the first leg, and we said he went to a back four. And I think we've all said, look, we're better in a back three. I think you'll go back to a back three on Monday. He didn't. He stuck with exactly the same formation. I think he stayed with the same style of play as well. I, I felt we were like pressuring them high up top. I didn't think it changed that much apart from the fact that Chef Wed probably came at us more than they did on, on Friday. Ultimately, though, that just shows you how good Alex Neal's been tactically, doesn't it? We all kind of said a back four is probably going to be an issue just based off historical this season go to a back three. He hasn't, he's gone to a back four. And I think apart from that one time when they opened us up, which was a good ball by best player in League One, Barry Bannon, um, they didn't really do much over the two legs, if I'm completely honest. 
Um, so lad sitting next to me yesterday, he went before they scored, like he went, I don't think we're conceding. He's like, they're creating now. And it took a really good pass for them to create, in a sense, the one decent chance that they had. The rest were half chances. How good's Alex Neal being tactically to make sure that, let's be honest, one of the better attacking teams in this league, Chef Wade, basically got nullified to barely nothing? Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, what a... When you're, when you're in that situation and kind of the, the lads that performed so well on Friday what more do you want from a manager coming in and going, right, I'm not changing anything. There's no reason to change anything. Last 15 minutes, okay, we were under the cosh. That's how football goes. We've said it a million times before. But, I mean, what a buzz for them 11 lads on the pitch. Jack Clark was much improved yesterday. Got to give him a shout out for that because he was unbelievable. And I, t- I tell you what, I'm, it, it's quite clever how he's playing it really, isn't it? Because it almost comes into a back three when we've got the ball to make the two full backs really wide, you know, and, and make it push one on a little bit. So it, it's quite, and to be honest, again, Jack Ross was trying something similar when he first came to us, like kind of this lopsided back four and stuff when we've got the ball. And listen, it's clever. It's working. It's creating overloads. It's, you know, there was a, I think it was Mendes Lang who uh, missed Jack Clark yesterday for our goal. Um, but it was a, it was a simple overload. Overload. The ball was played in behind. All for it. Like, unbelievable. It's... I, I, <laughs> listen, sums sums up Alex Neil, doesn't it? Do you, do you think there's almost that... And I've waxed lyrical about it all season and probably for seasons before. But having a little bit of a mentality where we are actually Sunderland. We do actually mean something in this league. We're not just tin pot. And Alex, did you think that this job was too big for you? Sorry, sorry. sorry. Did you say that that job was too big for me? No, otherwise I wouldn't be here. I've got all the time in the world for that mentality. And again, just gives me confidence going into the 21st. I mean, I, I kind of liked him the minute he came in and said about the grow, put your big boy pants on. That made us laugh. But the past week, the comment about what you're intimidated by, someone shouting boo, creased me up for one. And he's caught last night, which Phil Smith from the, the Echo tweeted. Uh, everyone, I'm really pleased for the players because everyone tipped Sheffield Wednesday. Well, you can stick that in your pipe and stick that in your pipe and smoke it. I'm just like, mate. There's, I've spoke about this in the years that I've done podcasts, this podcast, previous podcasts, guest podcasts. What does Sunderland need in the form of a manager? And I've always said it's it's kind of a personality with a bit of tactical nous. Um, Sam Allardyce in recent years, Goss, very, very close, huge personality, um, decent style of play that eventually just filtered away, probably too passionate in the end with Gus, but Peter Reid, Roy Keane, well, characters and personalities and people that'll, you know, say what they bloody well think, but know what they're doing on the, when it comes to tactical stuff and know what they're doing on the pitch, when they were with Sunderland, especially those names I mentioned before. And I just think Alex Neal just epitomises it. Um, and and I kind of forget this, Brad, you know, I mean, I, I'll repeat this again. Nothing's been achieved yet, right? Nothing has been achieved yet. But there's a growing feeling that, and I'll be devastated if we lose at Wembley, absolutely devastated. Um 
there's a grown feeling that even if we'd lost last night and got knocked out, Alex Neal has got to stay. We've got to move heaven and earth for him. And I, I think I'll repeat again, you know, like I say, nothing has been achieved, right? But Alex Neal has done such a fabulous job to get not only the team on the pitch where they are and the players playing the way they are and the tactical mouse and everything I've just mentioned before, but also the club as a whole. Like it was, like I said, I was listening back to the podcast throughout the season, trying to piece the season together. It was only three months ago where we didn't do a podcast reviewing the match because we were that sick. We all wanted to, I said, we'll do a podcast talking about something because I don't want to speak about the match anymore. It's getting us down. It's getting us down. And like 15 games later, we're unbeaten. And I don't want to take any credit away from the players, right? Because it doesn't matter who's in charge. The people on the pitch are still going to be the ones to do it. If I'm going to critique them, I've got to praise them in equal measure. But how much credit does Alex Neal get, Brad, for just galvanising the entire fan base, the club, bringing us all together when, let's be honest, three months ago, it was fractured? Massive amounts of credit, mate. Um, like you've said, all Sunderland fans have known what type of manager we want. And now we've got him. It's just like it's just positivity. I, I just can't. I, I I can't say anything negative about Alex Neal. Um, like you say, it's all his interviews. It's either <laughs> he's so blunt with questions that he doesn't want to answer, and I love that. I've got so much time for that. Um, but it, it's just his telling of the truth. For example, if we're talking about a few things back in the season, post Fleetwood. Wasn't happy. We just won 3 1. Wasn't happy. All the fans could see that. We've had some managers that will come out and say, Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? You know what I mean? It was just, there is just something different about him where it's brought the fans on side straight away. And the only thing is, if we don't go up, I'm going to be raging that it didn't happen three games sooner. Because we, we'd be up automatically for you to come in the day after. Um, Lee Johnson was sacked, in my opinion, anyway. So yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, he, I'd give him a three year contract straight away, regardless of the end of the season. A lifetime He's contract. Clap. It's not going to be that long. He's from Glasgow. The life expectancy isn't that high, so it's only probably going to be him about another five years anyway. But <laughs> uh, I've got a, I've got a, got a point it out right. I love, I love Jack Clark's Shush and the Chef Wed fans. And I've got that against Chef Wed, let's be honest. I've got that against me. I've got a few jibes in about banning that, but I'm happy just deal with it. We've had it for years. I'm happy for once. I've got that against you. I think Darren was a great manager, and obviously you're a massive club. Um, I'm delighted to get past you, but I've got so much time for Alex Neal celebration. So much time for the, woo, woo, Gatton. That was, in my opinion, Dave, the best celebration we've had from a manager since ever. Just Decanio. Oh, yeah, you, you've got to give Decanio and Gus, Gus. Gus had a couple as well, didn't he? And Big Sam had a couple. Martin O'Neill against Blackburn, where he must have jumped 35 yeah. feet in the air. Yeah. Keno. Keno was always fairly chilled, but he had that. He so had that chilled. little. Oh, but just the look at it. I almost get that a little bit while it's Neil. It's just a little look. Of, it reminds me of Keno, where Keno was on the side and he's just like, punches the air and he goes, it was never in doubt. It was never in doubt. To have someone in charge like that who has 110% faith in you, the sky's the limit. 
By the way, massive, massive shout out here, right, Brad? Um, I'm not going to come to Dave because I know Dave doesn't like him, but um, me and you love him. He's a lovely lad. Luke 09, I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do, Brad, but a few years ago, there was a game against Portsmouth where we drew nil-nil and we got to Wembley. And there was all this talk of Fortress Fratton, which was basically a Wendy house, the same as Fortress Hillsborough. Um, and Chris McGuire got the ball chucked off his head off Tom Naylor, I think it was. He's shouting for the red card. He's winding them up. And immediately we're in Pompey's head. O'Neill last night went straight up to Josh Windass, a player that I know particularly well, because people will know why. The right person to wind up, that wound Barry Bannon up. And I felt from the first 10 minutes, O'Neill did the Maguire job to get under their skin. And they were getting frustrated early doors. There's that one bit of magic. But how important was that? I know we don't like Shatazri. I know we complain about it. But it was needed last night in the game, wasn't it? We got in their heads early doors and it was a nine again. And we talked about his tackle on Friday. His little bit of hullabaloo with Josh Windass worked just perfectly, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, like, like you said, me and you, we're always going to have a soft spot for him, regardless. Um, Friday, he was outstanding. He just nullified Bannon. Last night, it was maybe something that was needed a little bit different. And he'd done it again, like you say, wound up Windass and rotten, got Windass to stand on his foot, got the fans against him. I mean, I'm grateful that no one in the Chef Wed fans punched this one. Um, unlike our friends at Fatten. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was great again. Uh he's just he just brings you something. We know, and people say it all the time, he is not the most gifted footballer in the world. I know that, everyone knows that. Sometimes he gets the ball and I'm thinking, oh, Christ, what's he going to do? But he seems to do what he's doing well. And I've just got so much time for someone who will run their heart out and leave nothing. He's a player that, no matter what happens in a game, he'll come off at the end and he'll know he could not have given any more. And the Sunderland fans, again, when we touched on what we want from the manager, that's all we've ever wanted from players. Then we get that with O'Neill. Um, I have listened to a few things lately. Uh, since Friday, um, not going to name people, um, Margot Gabbiadini, who said he wasn't very good on Friday. And I was sat there listening to him last night on Total Sport and I wanted to phone in, but I thought, no, I'm not going to get angry for nothing. But he was saying he wasn't very good. So I'll be interested tonight when I listen in again to see what he thought. But yeah, he set the tone early doors and for the rest of the game, he was getting the odd boo, wasn't he? And he loves it. <laughs> and... Mate, if you're going to go to Hillsborough and you know it's going to be loud, they're going to be very in your face, you might as well play the pantomime villain. We need one. And he done it, yeah, he done it perfectly. And he limited Bannon over two games to one key pass, maybe it's two, where usually three off when you speak to Chef Wed or if you listen to that fella Hinchcliffe on the radio, on the comms last night, he's like prime messy. Uh, every other week so well now must be doing something right if he's stopped his baby from being perfect oh boy uh, Dave you've just wrote in the chat that you've got a positive about Luke 9 right so I have to kind of go with that I heard a dog barking in the background there I don't know if that's someone like rigorously saying don't let Dave do it don't let him change his stance but I know you know what dog I'm going to let you do it if it's positive let's try mate to be fair we all know who my first name on Sunderland's team sheet would be, has been all season. 
probably is the first or has been the first name on the team sheet all season because he's pretty much the only out and out centre forward that we've got. But Ross Stewart. But if there is a second name to go on the team sheet for that final, it's Luke Gornine. And yeah, you'd be flabbergasted. You'd be people will listen and go, Dave saying Luke Gornine, should we start like second name on the team sheet? And the reason for that is he comes from the school of Gareth Ainsworth. That's exactly where he's from. It's exactly his type of game. And we're going to need someone to do it. Don't get me wrong. I do hope that he doesn't try. And Jack Clark was guilty of it yesterday, giving me a couple of heart attacks. I'm already a big lad. I don't need to actually like be finished off early in a fucking grave. But stop playing football in the wrong areas of the pitch. Luke does it all the time. And I remember coaching a lad in a, in a team um, just under semi-professional. And he was just a spoiler. That's all he was. His football ability was limited. But he ran, he ran. Whenever the pitch was sodden and minging and whatever, he was our go-to guy. But it's like, Jack, do me a favour. Pass the ball five yards in the direction that you're facing. Just do that. Don't overcomplicate it because it's not your game. And if Luke 9 does that, I'd be a very, very happy man because every team needs someone to spoil the game and get in the opposition's head and wind them up and... He is that guy, and his energy is second to none. His fitness levels are second to none. He loves it. I tell you what, lately, these two games against Chef Wade, some of the challenges that he's put in, I'm all for. A little bit bally esque for me. Got all the time in the world for it. But uh, so, yeah, there's my positive point on Luke Warnine. Get him I'm, in the team for the final. I absolutely love that one at the start where, like, the ball looked like it was going out, and you're like, oh, nine, just get there first, just put the ball out, and you just kicked it full force off, like, the inside of Josh Windass's thigh, and then just nudged into him, like, just before he had that little tangle. I loved that at the start. Talking about uh, shithousery, though, and we touched on Chris Maguire before, he was there last night, Chris Maguire. I would like to think, obviously, he played for both clubs, but I would like to think he was of the red and white persuasion, um, and I get the feeling he might have been. Um, before we touch on uh, the most important thing, which is Wembley, um, because Sheffield Wednesday is a good night, but it's now done. We've done that job. We've now got the other job to go on to. A massive word to Lyndon Gooch, Brad. Um, we all, and I, th- I think I say that collectively, almost as a fan base, if I'm honest with you, certainly in this household and, and with this podcast, have had our issues with Lyndon over the years. But since Cambridge, he's been right up there with Bailey Wright for me, his best player. Uh, blood, sweat, tears. He, you can see he's one of our own. You can see you know, what it matters. It matters to him, sorry. Look, it's a long way. It's 90 minutes, potentially more. But we win at Wembley and Lyndon Gooch's legacy at Sunderland, if he is to leave at the end of the season, if he doesn't stay, it's a good one, isn't it? Based on these performances and hopefully at Wembley. Yeah, it's another player that we have slated earlier this season. I remember on the transfer show that we've done with Tom, um, we were talking about maybe the offer coming in for Gooch and we'd let him go and Tom said, no, we'd keep him. We were both of the impression saying, well, if he's going to go, just let him go. Um, but I think he's got a little nickname, Lyndon out of contract Gooch. Because when he knows there's a contract looming, <laughs> he, he just turns into, <laughs> I don't know, a good player. <laughs> I can't think of someone that he's like. He's just, Barry, he's Barry just Bannon? Own. Barry Bannon? <laughs> yeah. High praise, high praise. Yeah, Hinchcliffe. I'm, I, I'm not going to take... I'm not going to be Andy Hinchcliffe, unfortunately. Um, no, Gooch, he's just... What people say in, like, Sunday League football, they say, oh, he's, he's just a little terrier. 
he'll just get at anyone. And that's what he's like. He just runs into people when he wants to tackle them, but he's just not scared to get on the ball and run at them. If it doesn't come off, he gets back into position. And he does it again. He does it again. Earlier this season, he was quite quick at losing his head, I would say. If, the, if he'd done something wrong, early doors, the rest of his, seems like the rest of the game, it's in his head and he's trying to put that right by over trying. But just saying, like Alex Neal said to him now, you do what you want. You've got the freedom to do it. If it doesn't work, get back in position it'll happen next time. And yeah, like you say, Cambridge, he was outstanding. But since then, he's just been, he's been like, a, everyone says about these little cheat codes. He's sort of like ours over the last few weeks in, in the going forward positions. Uh, I know Waterbits and Clark will take the plaudits last night because they were the, the furthest forward wingers and one got the assist, one got the goal. But Gooch gets us in some good positions and he's putting good balls in the box. And look, if, if he is to leave at the end of the season with a promotion, it'll go down as, yeah, a very good legacy at the, at the club. But I can also see him getting offered a new deal, if I'm honest. Um, I think Alex Neal's a big fan of him. The same with Bailey Wright. I think he'll be offered a new deal. Um, and these are all players where we thought earlier in the season, now nah, these will see the contract out and that's it. But it just shows what a manager can do and you can get the best out of players. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Lyndon lately and long may it continue because I just want to hear as many interviews with him with that American Mackham twang that he's got because I've got all the time of the, all the time in the world for that. It's the same as Mignolet with his uh, Belgian Mackham twang, wasn't it, when he left? Um, uh, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting accent, but it's one I will take. He is, you know, he is, he's one of our own. We've got... Um, got eight minutes or so because I still haven't upgraded because um, Wembley's expensive which brings me to the quick fire Dave so it's quick fire we're going to go short we're going to go sweet Wembley Dave are you booked what's your plans yeah I booked the Ibis 400 metres away from Wembley for the Friday and the Saturday night cheap little date at uh, 570 quid and apparently you're getting us a, some kind of gig where I get the go for free and get paid. So, yeah, I'm all up for that. It's not bad at all, is it? My plans are Friday and not staying Saturday. I've got a train going back at 7 o'clock, so something, please do it in 90 minutes. Got a wedding the next day in Scotland, which, I mean, I don't have to go like, but Ashley does. So apparently I've got to get back for that. But if it does go into extra time, sorry, I'm missing the wedding. Um, but yes, all booked. I booked my hotel after the first leg, confidence. But yeah, I'm booked. I'm ready to go. Brad, are you booked? Are you, what are your plans? Uh, yeah, I was actually booked after we beat Wigan. <laughs> I booked one of them uh, free, re- free uh, refunds. Not, <laughs> um, But then I got an email yesterday that hotel has cancelled all of its bookings for that weekend because of a COVID outbreak. And I was like, hang on, it's two weeks away. But they knew Sunderland or Sheffield are coming down because I've been back on today and the hotel's back open, but it's double the price. Um, so I've actually booked somewhere else. Yes, I've booked a Premier Inn in Edgeworth, right next to the Tube. I think it's only like 20 minutes from Wembley, um, about the same in uh, Trafalgar, which I'm hoping that there is a party. If anyone knows of any parties, comment on the thread once this podcast goes out and let us know and what time it starts. Um, so yeah, that's 78 quid, me and the young and my mate and his two kids. Holiday's going in at work tonight. 
for the Friday. Um, my son's going to end up having a doctor's appointment on the Friday at school, so he can't go in. Um, I just need to get in touch with the doctors and just say he needs to go. <laughs> Disclaimer, he isn't. Um, but he's finishing his sats today, uh, next this week. So next week's a nothing week. So he, he will not be going into school. We'll be going down early. Um, yeah, and come back the Saturday and I am driving. So it'll be a good drink on the Friday, but no drink on the Saturday for me. Dave, again, I'm getting used to these one-word answers quickly and you'll both get one-word answers here. Covent Garden or Trafalgar Square? Trafalgar Square is two words, so I'll go with Trafalgar Square. <laughs> right. So it's Covent Garden. Covent Garden's two words. Um, yeah, both two words, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like none of us on this podcast can do maths. <laughs> um, Trafalgar Square for me. I loved Covent the first time, but I think Trafalgar... More open. You can go for a swim. You can sit on the lions. Yeah, Trafalgar was better. All day. Brother, brothers get checked into the hotel, then jump on the train to Wembley, and I'll meet you at Wembley, and then we'll go to Trafalgar Square. Well do. Please, nobody repeat the win in the Trafalgar Square like that was a few years ago, because that was rank. Um, please <laughs> refrain from doing so. Someone done what? Weed in it? Weed in it, yeah. Oh, mate, I was swimming in it with my boxes on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, don't eat the yellow snow if it is snowing. Um, and we've got four minutes here, right? But I, I know Wickham are historically a far smaller side in terms of history and stuff like that. But hey, look, of course, there's problems. Um, mountains of issues, if we're completely honest, over the years since we've been here, they've been promoted more recently than us. Especially away from home, we have problems and I know he's annoying as he may be, and he looks like he's a mixture of a smell of old leather and petrol and grass. Um, but Gareth Ainsworth does deserve credit for, for what he's done with Wickham, and that may not be a popular opinion, but it's, this is not going to be an easy game. But surely, Dave, surely this is our time, isn't it? Everything in my head says that, yes, this is finally our time. We've got the right players. We've got a good 10 days to prepare. We've got the right manager. The fans are going to be unbelievable, like they always are. It'll be a party atmosphere. Everything in my head says it just works this time. But like you say, yes, there is Wickham to get past. They are going to know how to spoil it. They do know that we're going to try and break them down and play quite quick, intent football. And they'll be ready to spoil that in any way, shape or form that they can. I just hope it's like not nil-nil going into the 93rd minute and then Agen Fenwick comes on and absolutely haunts this podcast because I mentioned him in vain earlier. But no, I genuinely think this is our time and I'm never that guy who's that confident. Brad, same to you, just to finish off. Um, I, I really want to hammer home this point. I, I, I think Wickham's a really difficult game. Um, I'm very confident, but they're a good side at this level. Of course, there's problems. They scored three goals against us last time. I don't think there's many sides that have really done that, um, especially when we scored three goals against them. They've got a lot going for them. They've got a manager that they believe in as well. But how surely this time some have got to they've got to do it this time, haven't they? Surely it's our time. Yeah. Um, speaking about Gareth Ainsworth quickly, uh, Frankie Francis was on BBC Newcastle this morning and he summed them up perfectly. He is the master of the dark arts mm-hmm. in this league. 
and it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but what they do, they do well and they're in the playoffs for a reason. They're in the playoff final for a reason. So they're not to be taken lightly, but my confidence is the pitch is massive compared to what they're used to playing on week in, week out. And we can cut them open like we did at the stage like earlier this season, 3-1. Was it 3-1? 3-1. So when they play on a bigger pitch, it doesn't really suit them as much. Um, so I am... I'm going to say quietly confident. I'm going 4 0. <laughs> and I don't even care. I, I, I think we'll score early. And in a one off game, they can't do their type of shithousing, sit behind it. Because if we go up early, they have to come out because it's not going to work just holding on, holding on, holding on. So, yeah, I'm very confident, mate. And hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the arse. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go confident as well. And I'm going to say 3 1. I said after the review show, hopefully, that it's um, not going to be the last review show of the season or the last preview. Thankfully, it's not. There'll be a preview incoming. Um, hopefully, a nice extended one with a, a regular Wickham guest who's a great lad. But um, look, I've got 30 seconds left or whatever here. Just enjoy your day, everyone. Um, be it at home, be it at Wembley, be it with a ticket or without a ticket. If you can get a ticket, if you can afford it, get in there, get behind them we need to get over the line here as a collective. So try your best to do so. And please, before I go, let us know if you want like a live, not a live podcast, but us to record it live and then send it off. You'd prefer just a review afterwards. We're all going to be there. So let us know in the comments of this, if you are listening, what you think, but um, Ghana Wembley lads, case are, case are.